Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Uh, good evening. It's nice to be here with you um, at Bangor Worldwide. And as Johnny said, I'm Julie and I'm here along with my husband, Bill. Um, I'm actually from Bangor, so it's nice to be at home. And Bill is from Canada, but you may not pick that up because he's developed a nice Northern Irish accent since he lived in Northern Ireland for five years. Um, we have three little boys. Sam is four, Joel is two, and Jacob is just 10 months. So as Johnny said, we've been um, living and working in Haiti with One Mission Society for the past two years. Bill is a teacher at MS Biblical Seminary, and I work part-time as a physiotherapist at Bethesda Medical Center, as well as obviously looking after the boys. Um, so Bethesda exists to evangelize and disciple through medical outreach by providing quality, affordable health care to patients. So we treat around 100 to 150 patients per day, and many of those patients come from as early as 5 o'clock in the morning, where they get a ticket, have to wait to see the doctor later on in the day. At 8 o'clock, we have patient devotions, where a pastor shares from God's Word. So all of our patients hear from God's Word from as soon as they arrive at the clinic. Our clinic director is called Dr. Rodney, and um, he's the man you see in the photo there. He grew up in the local community and felt God calling him to be a doctor after translating for visiting teams and doctors at Bethesda. So he saved up his wages um, from translating to apply for his passport and his visa to go to the Dominican Republic, which is on the other side of the island from Haiti, and do the entrance exams into medical school. There was just one small issue. Dr. Rodney could not speak any Spanish, but he believed this was the place that God was calling him to go. So he prayed, he went to do the exam, and he miraculously passed the exam. Once he started university, he had to make sure that he was sitting beside a Haitian person who translated all of his classes from Spanish into Creole, which is the language they speak in Haiti. And out of his seven years at university, he received his highest grades during that first year at, um, at medical school. So once he graduated, he knew that God was calling him back to work among his own people in Haiti. He joined our staff at Bethesda in 2007 and became the medical director in 2010. And he's a really great leader in his great vision to take Bethesda forward. So our patients come, as I said, in the morning. They pay about £10, which is, includes their consultation, their lab tests, medicine, even though the actual cost of all that is much higher. But we will also treat anyone who comes through the door, even if they can't pay. And I just want to give you an example of that. So this is one of my patients, um, Eve Linda, who comes for physiotherapy every week. She is four years old and she has cerebral palsy. And just a little about her, her family situation. Her mum actually has, is bipolar and is, has seven children. The, ch the children's father's a witch doctor, and quite often the witch doctors have lots of different children from lots of different women, so they're not very involved in, in bringing the kids up. So um, Eve Linda had come with this uh, little skin infection, um, and she had sores all over her body. And her mum had taken, to, taken her to a doctor and, um, and then brought her for physio the next day. So out of interest, I had asked what, what medicine she was given. So she gave me the, the prescription and told me she was given Galcor, which is a medicine for scabies. Um, our oldest son, Sam, actually had a skin infection just the week before this. So when I looked at her, I knew that she didn't have scabies. So I called Dr. Ron in to have a look to see what was wrong. So his conclusion was that she had a staph skin infection, and he told her mom to throw away the Galcor, which would, in fact, have burned her skin and give her the appropriate medicine for free because he knew that her mum didn't have the means to pay for any medicine. So very simple skin infection, just needed um, 
cream and a week later she was better. But it's just an example of the, the standard of medical care in Haiti. And we have many different clinics running at Bethesda, including an HIV and AIDS clinic, a tuberculosis clinic, a malnutrition clinic, high blood pressure, diabetes, maternity, and then where I'm involved, which is physiotherapy. And I work, side a a I work alongside a Haitian physiotherapy technician, which is the girl you can see in the picture, Altidore, who I've been um, training up. She's done two years of schooling in a small um, college, I think we would call it, um, which would train her to be a physiotherapy technician. And then the, our long-term goal would be that she would take over my job once we leave. So in our physio department, um, every Monday morning we have a stroke class where we do 45 minutes of exercise and then we have a time of education. And during that time, we look at things like signs and symptoms of a stroke, what is blood pressure, nutrition, how can you control your blood pressure? And then every other week, instead of doing this education time, one of our pastors, Pastor Daniel, comes and shares a devotional with the patients. So the purpose of running classes is not only to help people physically, but for those people with disability to be able to support each other, and for Christians to be encouraged, and for those who aren't Christians to hear the gospel. And then during the other few days, we just treat really whatever comes in the door. We see a lot of strokes um, and a lot of um, children with special needs and a lot of back pain and joint pain, much the same thing that we would see here in Northern Ireland. So I'm just going to finish by telling you about one man which I treated this year. And he came to me for physio after being at a party where he had been shot in the head. Um, he had suffered some neurological damage in his arm and his leg. So firstly, when he came in walking, I was surprised that he was even alive. Um, the story was he had been shot and gone into a coma. His family then took him to Port-au-Prince, which is a capital city around 100 miles away uh, from where we live. And there the doctors told his family that if they operated, he would more than likely die. But if they left him alone, that he would also more than likely die. So his family made the decision to bring him home keep him comfortable and see what would happen. And over time, he began to regain consciousness. He opened his eyes and he started to talk and move. And once this began happening, his family wanted to take him to a witch doctor. But his brother, who is a Christian, would not let them, so instead, they brought him to Bethesda for physio. But there was one big problem with this man. He did not actually believe that he had been shot. So when he came to me and I asked the story from him, he told me that the bullet had skimmed right past his head and someone had put a curse on him and that's why he was so ill. So instead of doing any physio that first day, we just talked and I'm probably better at talking than I'm at doing physio, so that worked well. Um, we talked about how the doctor had done a brain scan and had seen the bullet fragment in his brain. We talked about how if this was a curse, that physiotherapy couldn't possibly do anything because physio could not fight against Satan. But most of all, we talked about how it was really a miracle that he was alive and that God must have a plan for his life. And I could, I could sense the Holy Spirit was speaking to him, but I was getting a little bit out of my depth in terms of language. And when you go to be a missionary somewhere and you learn a new language, you don't often learn the vocabulary for guns and bullets and curses and things like that. So I was getting a bit out of my depth and, and that cultural understanding around, um, around voodoo and around curses. So I sent him over to Pastor Daniel. I explained what we had been talking about and asked him to continue the conversation. So that day, that young man gave his life to the Lord. He continues to come for, for physio. And every time he comes, he comes to speak to Pastor Daniel. He then continues discipleship with him and he goes to church with, with his brother. Um, so that's just a little snippet of um, what happens in Bethesda. And um, we're actually planning a, a therapy team from the UK here. So it's only physios 
OTs or speech therapists here. We're planning a team for March 2019, and this team is going to be involved in treating patients and training local Haitian physiotherapy technicians. So if you'd like any more information about that, please come and um, talk to me afterwards and actually be on the OMS stand um, tomorrow evening. Um, so thank you for having us again. I'm going to pass over to Bill, and he's going to share a little bit about uh, what he works at in the mess. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Bill Edler, and yes, I've written that down. Uh, <laughs> I work in a, in a Mass Biblical Seminary. There's a picture of the, the campus there uh, as, a, as a lecturer. Uh, I mostly teach Biblical Studies classes, so that's courses directly on the Bible. So this coming semester, my courses are Introduction to the New Testament, um, General Epistles, and the Old Testament Wisdom Literature. I also do sometimes teach a course on systematic theology, and that focuses on topics like um, the Trinity, sin, and humanity. Uh, so tonight, I would just like to, to talk a little bit about the focus of Emmaus Biblical Seminary. Emmaus's mission is to develop Christ-like leaders for the spiritual transformation of Haiti. And this is because what Haiti needs is the same thing that all countries need. People who know the Word of God, who understand Orthodox theology, and who can be shining lights for Christ in their communities. People who can say to those, those who are enslaved by voodoo, look, there's freedom in Christ. People who can say to those churches that are uh, trapped by false teaching, the truth is in God's word. And people who can look at the poor and see the image of God and love them. People who are Christ-like leaders. And so that's our goal year after year until Christ comes back to train up the next generation of Haitian church leaders for the spiritual transformation of Haiti. And now what I could do is I could tell you a few stories about, about some of the students and some of the things God has done through them. But instead of that, um, what I would like to do is just show a short clip about our church planting program, which is called Reaching the Heart of Haiti. So we'll just watch that video now. It is a beautiful story about how we started working in G4. The seminary set us out to evangelize areas that didn't have the gospel yet. Lemi and I came to this area and saw that they had no schools, no churches, and that setting was truly the picture of this area. Jifu was the first place I've been to where every single person was totally engrossed in voodoo. This is an area of people that truly are completely lost. Even though Jesus died for them, these people had no idea that he could give them new life. There was when women I remember talking to who said, hell would serve her better. And she wouldn't be God's child because hell needed people to. I couldn't understand that at all. I was so surprised. I went to my class with Pastor Kodo, a curse on voodoo. And I asked him, what would make a person say they would be happier to go to hell? And Pastor Kodo helped me understand that sometimes people's souls are truly bound. He taught us how to pray for people who are bound to pray to freedom into their lives. Freedom for those whose spirits are bound to Satan to find true freedom. We started sharing the gospel in this area, and we saw that the area was truly hungry for the gospel, 
they wanted to hear, and soon there were many people accepting Jesus. I pray that God will turn this into an area where every person accepts Christ. This place where we are, Jufu, is an example of the discipleship program. This work truly is with practice for the students. They sit in class where we are filling their minds with knowledge and theory, but going out gives them an opportunity to exercise what they're learning in class. It teaches them the tools they need. have a plan to keep on evangelizing more places if God wants places that haven't yet heard the gospel because no one has wanted to go there. In Emerson Biblical Seminary, we learn a lot of things through the courses and through the professors. It is not just what they are teaching, but also the spiritual formation they are giving us for how they function together. We see in the administration of the seminary, everyone working together with great respect. And it shows us what is important. If we want a good church that will work together well, then it must function like the structure of the seminary. Applying what we experienced in the seminary enabled this church and Jifu to be here. Help them to preach your word. I would like you to, uh, to pray for us because uh, we are in Haiti. There is a spiritual warfare and uh, we need prayer. Because uh, where we want to go is uh, far compared to where we are now. So thank you very much. Thank you to the organizers for letting us speak here. Um, and if you have any questions about Haiti or anything like that, um, you can come and speak to us afterwards. Thank you very much. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.